Welcome, everybody, to the That Kind of Nerd Podcast. I am CJ Mellon. I am Brian Thornton. And I am Josh Burns. Welcome to our show. So before we before we begin again, I want to implore and I want to call all nerds, call all nerds, uh, that we're looking for a few things and we need some help. So before we get into the show, I just want to, again, express and I want to thank some people who have already responded to our call. We're looking for writers for our website. So come join uh, me, Jeff, Brian, uh, Melissa, and Craig in writing in our website. Uh, it's very easy. All you go to is www.thatkindofnerd.com. Go to the About Us page. There is a box to fill out with uh, just your name, your email address, a little bit about what you want to write about and uh, why we should you know, look at you to write. Uh, you have our nerdographies on that page too, so you can see the team and see why we're you know wild and crazy guys that you should come and, and write with. Josh is shaking his head in disdain for that. I'm no, I'm kind of wondering why I didn't get a writer's credit there. <laughs> um, I, did I not put you in there? Not at all. Like, uh, not even not even a mention. Would you like me to fix that? Nah. Okay. No, I, I see where I see where I stand. I get it. <laughs> so anyway, see what I mean? Come write for us. We're pretty fun guys. Uh, the second thing is we also have a survey about the podcast itself, and we'd love some feedback, and some of you have provided that. Thank you so much for the people that have. Uh, it's very easy. It's in the show notes. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, first off, shame on you. What a great episode. What the heck? Secondly, just uh, go ahead and press the album art in the iTunes podcast uh, player, and you'll see a list of show notes. So we greatly appreciate the time to do that. It's 10 questions. It takes a couple minutes. It's so easy. Uh, and we appreciate every feedback that we could possibly get about the show. So, with that under our belts, let's get into this. And we got to start with something that uh, that happened that we have to address, and that is, holy crap, Jurassic World. What an amazing movie and shattering records. Uh, we were actually talking before we started recording uh, that it, it has usurped Marvel uh, Avengers in opening day performance. Brian, how much money did opening this thing weekend. make in- Opening weekend, uh, opening weekend, yeah. Uh, opening weekend, it made two hundred and eight million dollars, two hundred eight million eight hundred six thousand two hundred seventy to be exact, uh, which beats Avengers uh, by about um, two million, at least two or three million. Jeez. So, in opening weekend, that's literally in inside a Thursday night to Sunday, it, it just crushed all sorts of records. Um, it's the third biggest opening day ever. And the number one top grossing movie for opening weekend. Um, and right now we're what? It's been out for a week. It's made, it's almost at the 300 mil mark. So it's, it, who else did it beat out besides? So Avengers, who did Avengers take down when they, when uh, they did this? Do you, do you know? I think, wasn't Titanic, Titanic? one of them? Titanic? Yeah, Titanic. Titanic's always, well. And Avatar, maybe. Uh, and Spider-Man was up there. It, it took down a couple of things. Um, it, and what, but, was, yeah, what was funny it, about that? Go ahead. I'm sorry, Brian. No, I mean Avengers has been up there for three years now. It, it's held the record. So this this was pretty monumental that it got it not only just got ru- like wrecked, but it got ruined by a couple million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and and what was cool is Marvel had a good sense of humor about it, and uh, they actually drew this picture, which we'll include in the show notes that I was talking about of uh, Chris Pratt riding a dinosaur. Uh, 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 and uh, all the Avengers down there, a T Rex. All the Avengers on ground level, kind of pointing up, going, "What was it? A T Rex? It wasn't an Indominus Rex? No, it was a definitely uh, the T. It was the T. You can tell. I didn't look that closely. It was the image of the dinosaur wielding Mjolnir. I couldn't look, <laughs> I couldn't look past the dinosaur being so righteous 
as to wield uh, Mjolnir. I don't want to open up this debate. No, you don't have to open it. I've just closed it. <laughs> it's already canon. It's not canon. <laughs> you can't you can't make this argument. Oh my god, are you gonna you gonna all right, hold on. Do we need to defend this for a moment? Open it is closed. not canon. No. Open and closed. A He's doodle worthy. A the doodle does worthy. not equal canon. A doodle Dinosaur's is not worthy. Equal, it's not. <laughs> it's a pretty worthy. high quality doodle though. I mean <laughs> Yes, yes, it is a high a high quality doodle, but a doodle nonetheless. <laughs> I have a quick question too. I'm looking at this because Disney made it. Is that the Lion King font when it says King? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, All right. I just had. I was like, wait a minute. I know that font, but so, uh, I want to get a. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. Well, let's talk about the movie. We've all seen yeah. it, right? Yes. Yep. My wife just saw it again today. We're recording on Friday night on, on the 19th. My wife just saw it again today without me, and I'm very disgruntled about this. Uh, <laughs> As you should be, But sir. I want to go see it again because I want to go see it again. The movie was I, phenomenal. I took a long lunch the other day, and I went to see it at lunch. And I went to see it in IMAX 3D. So, you know, you go and you pay $37 for your ticket. And then you sit down, and I was thoroughly horrified. <laughs> Pretty much throughout the movie, it's I mean, that movie was not it's not for the faint of heart. At least don't go to IMAX. I jumped at least yeah, once. Yeah. Yep. I would imagine. I only saw it in 2D and I was like on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it in regular old poor man's 3D. And um, oh, yeah, it was still great. My wife was like gasping and, and jerking every now and then when she's in surprise. And there were kids in the theater. No, there's like not, not 10 year old kid who's freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, you should get him the hell out of there. Not appropriate <laughs> people. Do not take your children to see this movie. This is not a kid's movie. I mean, it, I, I mean, that was the experience I had in the back of my freaking what we yeah, talked about on the first uh, Jurassic you know, one Park. Of the last podcast, you know, like the guy getting eaten by the T-Rex in Jurassic Park one when he was on the crapper. Like that kind of stuff scared the crap out of me did, as a kid. But it was watch like him get ripped ever. in half because that dinosaur like broke three people in half mm-hmm. like on camera. Was the first oh, uh, spoilers? <laughs> dinosaurs. Oh my god! No way! <laughs> no way! Wait, hold on! Jurassic Park. Something went wrong, and a dinosaur started you rampaging. Have, so you have these two children, essentially children, who are basically running for their lives because of their irresponsible aunt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I just right? kept sitting there going, "If she just would have been a good aunt, right? If she, yeah, if she would have been a responsible <laughs> aunt, this wouldn't be happening. They would and be in the control kids, center. There's kids in the theater like cry- crying. <laughs> Take your children out of the theater. They are terrified. I'm sitting there terrified. Get your kids out of the theater, man. What, what I'll say about this, and, and this is something I'm noticing in Hollywood as a trend, I noticed a good blend of practical effects and CGI work. And that's what made it so believable and so great. It's what made some of the first, you know, the, the, the Star Wars prequels movies so awful was that they lost that. Which, again, this is reaffirming me my hope that Hollywood is, is catching on, that blending these two technologies together it builds a better movie experience. So, like, they CGI mm-hmm. the dinosaurs in, but they actually murder the people. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. It was all yes, live murder. That's yeah. Yeah. Like ben, it's actual murder, but yeah. CGI ben the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they have a little mechanical claw. It's just foam, but it it's a murder out. machine. <laughs> yes, it's a murder machine. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, well, that's what made the first one. That's what made the first one so amazing is the, the practicality of it. And then, I mean, in 93, it was more so practical effects than it was CGI. But yeah, I mean, I just spent the past half hour watching like old Stan Winston shop videos with Melissa about how they did the, the 90, 
you know, foot T-Rex in the first movie, too, and stuff like that. But your your argument for the movie is it's wonderful because it's so practical. Yes. It's wonderful because it's <laughs> dinosaur. L- l- listen. No, hold on. I, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, Brian's going to just, just go crazy with the amount of I dinosaurs. Did. And go I did. Because <laughs> that's all you've been I, talking about. It's dinosaurs. <laughs> yes, it's mother effing dinosaurs. I sat in that theater, and that's, the moment they get to the park and you hear that like familiar <laughs> theme music go on, oh, I the just. the theme music's great. Oh, yeah. The gates open, Everything. and you're just like, oh, oh so good. Oh, little, it's a world of wonders. Somebody's <laughs> going to die. Everything's going to go wrong right now. For me, it was Chris Pratt has this really cool. Like I, I, I know I should take him serious. I can't take him serious. So every every role he's in, I just picture Andy Dwyer being the role, <laughs> right? So, but he's like, it's Johnny Karate. That thing's part Raptor. And I just, I just lost it. I'm laughing. I shouldn't be laughing. It's murdering people. <laughs> it's killing, killing people. And I'm laughing. No, I thought he was great in it. He was. He was. He was, he was, he was so good. Yeah. The thought that I had when I was watching the movie, especially in that very opening sequence when they actually go to Jurassic World for the first time, and that little kid who knows so much about dinosaurs, he's like, come on, come on. That's what I thought of Brian the entire time. <laughs> it was like, if this was happening in our life, that's Brian, this little kid totally who's so me. excited to go to the Jurassic World. He wants to ride a Triceratops baby. Oh, my Who's God. Really I would do that tomorrow. <laughs> Everybody does. Don't lie, Jeff. You want to ride one? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for I it. Want, I on. want a pocket vel- velociraptor, like kind of like the size of a <laughs> miniature poodle well, almost. I mean, let's get scientific for a second because like technically they're like Dionychus and not velociraptor. But, oh my god! Those little you pocket know. guys. You remember what happened to anybody that happened to fall in the jungle in the Lost World? The right? galley mimis. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they, they, they got come like, upon you. Them. Well, I mean, I'm saying we tame them, we we deteeth them and stuff. No, and no, I, I, I think like, Chris well. Pratt made it pretty clear you can't tame them. Like right. you can get them on your team. Yeah, That's I mean, pretty much you it. got them on this team. I just need one on my team. That way, if anybody tries to screw it's about with me, respect. I can stick them on them. You need the Raptor Street cred is what you need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, Brian, as much as I love you, I'm just, I don't see you as Raptor Alpha. Oh. <laughs> He's I mean, the Z of, any, of all the Raptors. <laughs> He's the, hey He's guys. the Canadian Z. <laughs> hey, can I come join your Raptor team? <laughs> I brought comics. I hope you like Spider-Man. Oh, you don't. So, oh, God. No, oh, God. I, I do want to see it again. I don't. Yeah. I still won't take the kid. I, I can't even get the kids to watch the first three, so... You know, maybe well, when they're maybe when the they're third. like thirteen, and and from an outsider's perspective, like we talked about, I didn't grow up with Jurassic Park, and I and I don't coddle it and love it and put it on the the movie mantle where it belongs. I love the Shame movie so much, and I love the way and without spoiling anything, I love the way that they handle the first the fact that Jurassic Park exists. Yeah, like the the one character is wearing a Jurassic Park shirt in the oh, control room, and it's a big wow. That's important. <laughs> Well, as soon as I saw, you know, Isla Nublar, I thought, oh, they're going to they're just going to reopen that island. All right. <laughs> that doesn't seem fortuitous or in any way. <laughs> the private did, screening did right. didn't go so they well. Built, they built higher fences. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> right? yeah, we, did. we built the fences taller. <laughs> we spent no, four mean, times on defense. It should be OK now. Everything should be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm My so, friend. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, listen, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, you need to. It's it's damn good. Uh, I mean, you're apparently utterly. not in the two hundred and ninety six million dollars that that was spent going to see this movie. Let's let's be honest. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably saw this movie. 
you're kind of hitting the demographic that we're kind of hoping that you are. Uh, but if you haven't, uh, grab a friend, grab a buddy, go see it, get some popcorn. It, it was it was utterly. And it, there was so many flat like flashbacks to the past, but not in a way that seemed like it was overwhelming with just like using the the old stuff and not in, instituting anything new. Yeah, and, it was and, it was really cool. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. No, I was just, yeah. I mean, like, it was a great blend of people who, you know, like you were saying, CJ, it's like, if you hadn't seen the other ones, like, you could go into this movie and it's an entirely different story, but in a place that everyone that saw the the other movies can recognize and, like, an atmosphere that they can recognize, characters are referenced, um, like, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but... There's some chaos theory going on, um, just a little bit though, but not not what I had hoped for personally. But it was still good. <laughs> chaos theory, like enough, but without bringing Jeff Goldblum. Though. Yes, yeah, I didn't want to say I the watched, name. I watched all three. I watched the first three in preparation to go see this one. Oh, I just wanted Jeff Goldblum without his shirt just hanging out there talking about chaos theory. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It's what we used to talk uh, about in drum circles in college. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, if dinosaurs were back. Uh, anyway, listen, uh, Brian is working on the, the review for this uh, uh, for this movie. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, so go to that kind of nerd. Uh, you'll see it right there in our movies section. You'll see reviews. Check out Jurassic World. Uh, man, I can't say enough about this movie. It was so good. Uh, was there anything that you think that people need to know going into this movie? Or, or anything that they should have expectations besides please don't take small children to this? You're going to be, I mean, just expect to get to get startled. Um, mother effing once. dinosaurs and they're amazing. expect to be like entertained for the entire thing it like, was, there was not a point in that movie i was bored yeah no very, but like my, my blood pressure was up yeah but <laughs> yeah. i got out of that movie and I, I wanted more like i didn't realize what time it was i was like it's over already we i can't watch more dinosaurs no okay uh, oh and there is and, and for the movie goes there is nothing after the after the credit so just go home go <laughs> or go see it again. Just sit leave. in the theater until someone. Yeah, just please get the hell the out of the theater. Someone kicks you. Well, out. I was on vacation and we didn't even go out that night. All we did was go back to the hotel and talk about it. It was it was one of those things. This is you and Jesse and just talking about. Yeah, the it was movie me and my mom, Jesse and my friend Joey back home, <laughs> and we. Well, I think we may have consumed a little bit of alcohol, sure. but we didn't really do much that night except talk about it. And well, hang you can out. you can take like bottles of booze into the theater in Jersey. In Jersey. Yeah. Um. Legally, maybe not, but I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying it's always the not, that's, that's not what we did. But, you know. <laughs> I um, actually, I had about a 45 minute drive home from the theater, and I just YouTube the theme song and I played it on repeat the entire drive home. No, oh <laughs> not <God>. even joking. <laughs> Say it, CJ. Say it. Na, 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 na. He's, he's that kind. He's that. Of I am that kind of nerd. <laughs> Well, then uh, I listened to that, and that spawned me listening to the other theme songs, and then I went back to that. But yeah, that's uh, so good. Do you have a theme wanna... song playlist? <laughs> on YouTube, there's a Spotify playlist for yeah. it. On YouTube, there's a, a movie theme playlist with John no, Williams. This is awful. What? Do you, what's awful? I'm just imagining Brian falling asleep. Like, you know how there's white noise machines? And there's Brian just listening to moving on up, moving on. No, I don't want to no, no. His glass of water has the ripple effect. That's happen. actually that is actually where I go. But like mine is like like mid eighties feel good like gr- the Growing Pains theme song. No, it's That's all uh, I it's all like to. instrumental. It's all like the the Superman opening credits theme and um, the Indiana Jones theme and stuff like that. 
Like not not okay. the Jeffersons. I don't know wh- why your brain went from dinosaurs because <laughs> it's Jeff- awesome. Because the Jeffersons, well, that's pretty great. John actually. Williams wrote the Jeffersons theme song. It's it's a fact. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a Sam I read it on Wikipedia. theme song fan myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is going off the rails. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The rest of this podcast is dedicated to theme songs. <laughs> Welcome to that kind of nerd theme song podcast with your guest. Ah! I don't know what's wrong. Movie theme songs. <laughs> it's that tea. It's that tea you drank earlier. It's no good. Uh, yeah. so that's my tea. Don't drink Wendy's tea. Apparently, <laughs> it's 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 basically the equivalent to crack. All right, so let's move on to our next. It's topic. finally kicking in. Something that took over the nerdtopia. And uh, listen, a lot of good things came out of this E3. For those of you who don't know what E3 yeah. is, it is the <laughs> yeah. All right. The uh, electro. Wow, my brain just went. Help, my brain just went. I don't remember what E3 stood for anymore. It's it's the electronics conference, basically gaming conference, all that stuff. I think it's entertainment electronics. Enter- yeah, entertainment. I, you know, honestly, I should know that too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go for this. I I'm just excited to talk about it. So listen, it's basically where uh, Sony, Microsoft, uh, Nintendo, and game companies come out and say, hey. Hear what's new. So the reason we have, and in case you haven't noticed, we have Jeff, our gaming nerd, on the on the show today uh, to talk a little bit about this. And so, you should you should by now have noticed his dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally, you know, I, I'm only on the show to attract the female audience. <laughs> Here it is. Well, the I thought that's what, what I was for. Thought that's what, that was my job. Sure. Every look, every that time he's not better. talking, CJ, he's he's actively flipping through Tinder. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean earlier, yeah. <laughs> uh, Multitasking. Okay, so so let's start with uh, the order of things, and I want to start with uh, Microsoft, and I want to start with what what they were talking about because a lot of good things happened for uh, Xbox. Um, and the first thing that I noticed from this pr- press conference was they actually talked about games. Uh, the reason I, I say that all sarcastically is for the last probably year and a half, two years, we haven't really had a whole lot of talk of games. It's been hardware, 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 and not like, hey, here's what to play on it, which is why my Xbox One category, uh, my game list comprises of um, Amazing Spider-Man 3 and that's it. Sorry, the Amazing Spider-Man the fact Two. That the, it's an Xbox I'm, One, I'm and really there's no sorry. good games for it. I'm sorry. What you? I, what? I, I, no. So I. All right. I own. I don't ever play my Xbox ever, uh, but I own Forza Five. I own NHL Fifteen and the Madden. Whatever last year's Madden was, I own that. That that would be 2015. So, no, was it? Wasn't it like a special number? Madden 25 because it was the 25th anniversary could have been that so let's talk about what they did this time so Jeff why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh, Microsoft has kind of unveiled what they've talked about for sure at their, at their press um, conference I mean okay so yeah they they tackled a bunch of games and stuff like uh, they I mean one of my favorite titles of all time if you you know read my articles I think I mentioned it before but like uh, they revealed a lot of cool gameplay elements of Halo 5 Guardians, which is going to be coming out this year. And um, what what we hadn't already seen, you know, there was a multiplayer beta last year and a lot of people dig that. But um, 
the, this is actually a view into like the campaign aspects of the game where they have gone. I don't know if anyone here has played the Star Wars Republic Commando game. This was a long time ago, but um, I'm it was with more you, of boy. a fire team based. Yeah, like a fire team based first person shooter that gives you as like a uh, you're like the commander of this team. And, you know, you have a team of specialists and they sort of did it in, um, you know, one of the last ones, the uh, Halo Reach game. But it wasn't nearly as, you know, immersive as this one's going to be. But uh, based on the gameplay footage, you see like the commander guy, you know, and there's characters that we love and know, you know, from Master Chief to this new Spartan lock guy. Also, the guy from Halo ODST is part of your fire team, which is really cool. Um, but you're controlling them in this in this atmosphere where there's this fallen covenant empire and you're you know, it's it's really cool. Um, so they did that um, and also released a lot of footage of Warzone, which is going to be this massive team based objective strategy um, kind of thing. Where 24 you're fighting- player, 24 yeah. player in in a in a world four times larger than any other Halo map. Before. Ever wasn't there a PlayStation game that did this for PS3 that it was like a huge massive online game that was like the campaign it was like mod or something like that it had three um, a three letter name I don't honestly I don't oh know. Mag um, I, Mag Mag yeah, that's what that's it was. right Mag yeah. right 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 when I heard that I was like oh that kind of sounds like that but no one played Mag I I had the no I played I played Mag when it first came out on uh, PSN and it was confusing. And I got lost and I stopped playing. <laughs> and I don't think Halo is going to make that mistake because it's yeah. no Halo is a You're huge about, franchise. Talking about the king of like multiplayer gaming for a long, long time, too. And, uh, you know, even though Bungie kind of stepped out, um, the 343 Studios has done wonders in the, you know, Halo 4 and stuff. And it's only going to go up from here, I think. So um, but the gameplay looked great for both. Um, they didn't really reveal too much, too much gameplay in Warzone. But um, I'm sure more is going to come from that. Um, what I thought was also, interesting about that an announcement too uh, was something that I noticed throughout E3 and something that we've talked about in previous uh, episodes and something that's going on within the, the nerd community but that was a female presenter uh, yep. that we, we saw some females on stage on E3 this year which I mean is a good sign for gaming and, and I saw some games which I know we'll talk about later that had female characters so we've been talking about having a good role model for you know our, our, our daughters and just also for you know girls in gaming and girls in nerd culture it was really cool to see that, that there's people in Microsoft who hold value live in I, front of in front I, of people doing press I conferences. Thought, and I thought the presentations were good. I'm going to preface everything that I say by saying this. I don't understand what has happened to games. I don't – there all these immersive wor- – you know what I want? I want side-scrolling to Contra. I want Contra – Isn't Cuphat something that does that? Oh. Uh, I mean, there's still. I mean, no, doing there castle. are there are still some, but they're like download them on your. They're they're DLC for your for your for your. Well, they're console. indie developers, which was something that was a real, another big theme for they this, highlighted this conference. That. All right, yeah, so yeah, before definitely. we get, I'm um, gonna. I have to say a couple things about Microsoft because the things that I took away are very different than the things that Jeff took away. <laughs> um, the biggest thing for me, and I have it in caps and like enlarged font, is. Backwards compatibility. Yes. For the Xbox One. You can play Xbox 360 games coming this holiday season way ahead of PlayStation. That's a big deal. PlayStation yep. released a statement saying, that's great. We don't know if we're going to be able to do that. Well, well and it's going to be community driven, which I think is the best part of it. They're, they're right. going to be polling the fans 
and getting the feedback that they want. And when these new sequels come out, it's not just the sequel anymore. You'll be able to get a lot of these older games as a part of that purchase. It's it's very cool. It's very cool. And then the other thing that I took away from Microsoft's presentation was this this real crossover of platforms, right? They're they're right. syncing Windows and Xbox to where the swappable components on the Elite controller will make it more like your PC gaming experience. The thing looks sick. <laughs> it does. It does. The Elite controller and the swappable components. I'm not that kind of gamer, but I could see like I don't know how many clicks you have to go through per minute to get your whatever off, but it makes <laughs> well, sense. Well, I mean, normally it's about a two minute interval. <laughs> well, there you go. It makes sense that you would want to swap components and be able to upgrade that. That's for those cool. playing, for those playing the the home game who don't know what the heck the Elite controller is, Microsoft unveiled the controller that will let you literally take off the directional pad, take out the sticks and move things around to be more customizable. So people who are like Jeff, who maybe even do competitive gaming, uh, can go ahead and modify their controller to be easier for them to use. Not, I think not only easier, but it's it. allowing you to use modified right. hardware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not, that's something a console. Well, I mean, you got aftermarket stuff before. Yeah, but, but never, the aftermarket stuff is like rigged up with rubber bands. Yeah. And like, what, what was that company that made all the aftermarket? Yes, crap? it was that Cats. company. Madcats, Mad yeah. Madcats. Freaking like, oh, it was so bad. But um, like the, the fast action triggers on the back of these controllers, like there's so many things that make make this new controller worth, uh, I think it's what, retail at 150 they said? Sounds good. I mean, yeah, for all I mean, the I'd gamers. Yeah, 100%. Right, big, for, the, for the people who are into it, that's, that's, a, that's an easy buy. My biggest takeaway from the press conference that, and we're getting, there's another part on there too that I want to talk about, but something that I noticed was Microsoft was moving away. When the Xbox One launched, they were like, check out this awesome entertainment system for your living room that's going to control your TV and be your DVR and da 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 da. Oh, and, and by the way, it plays games. And I think they went, okay, I'm really sorry that you didn't buy a whole lot of Xbox Ones. Like, Brian's already dug at me for buying the Xbox One, not the PS4. <laughs> what? But listen, here are some amazing games that are coming out like soon. Like they're actually going to hit this year. Forza Six. I don't uh, care yes. about your racing games. You may not care, <laughs> but it's not a racing I mean, game, it Brian. It's a beautiful. real driving simulator. Okay, I, you I will. Have to I will know purchase Gran Turismo Six, and I'll be okay. I will do the same thing, except they're look. Forza is actually a better driving game. You I drive can drive a the real car. I'm okay. <laughs> No, I, you know, you don't drive a real car. You think you drive a real car. <laughs> you do now. But you haven't until you've driven a car, like a supercar. In the Halo game. Warthog. Yes. <laughs> I, I've driven my Warthog all over the, the, the Halo. and not, I'm Is good. that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> uh, take it as you may. I don't know. <laughs> so the other thing they did, too, was they did um, Gears of War. So I wasn't a huge Gears of War fan. I was for the first now, one. Now I'm excited for Gears 4. The series. So That's the, the other, one... They, the one game I'm going to steal my roommate's Xbox One for is Gears 4. And that Cuphead game. How about, how about the 30th anniversary Rare Collection? Yeah, yeah I'm so the, excited for The 30 for that. games that includes Battletoads, yeah, among I'm others. Oh, yeah. I, yep. I have oh, yeah. Battletoads. I have it for my NES. I and You don't have it for your Xbox li- One. No, listen, I'm not going to be able to get past the third level either way. It doesn't matter what system it's on. I'm going to get to those speed bikes and then throw level, the controller man. across the room. <laughs> so what's interesting and I, I read an interview uh from rare so if you don't know rare they are the creators of very popular titles uh for all a bunch of consoles including goldeneye uh banjo kazooie um battle toads um what is, what is it uh conqueror's bad fur day Conquer. which we've talked about 
Didn't um, they do Donkey Kong Country? I believe mm-hmm. they did too, yes. Yeah, in partnership with uh, Nintendo, yeah. So yeah. what what they said was that their licensed material, the stuff that isn't directly created by Rare, will not be in this collection. And what we're talking about for this this uh, collection is thirty games for thirty dollars that are remastered to to work and to play and to look better on next gen or current gen. I mean consoles. So if you are a person who loves nostalgia gaming, like we've talked about before, this is a great way to not have to buy an old gaming console, do not have to go hunt down a bunch of old games. You can get games from this company, and it's only $30, and you get 30 games. That's incredible. That's cool. a dollar a game. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. So uh, GoldenEye is, fun is, is not on this collection, games. though. No, yeah, that's I, not half the fun. No, half the fun I, is playing the games and listening to the Battletoads pause music for nine hours. I, I know for a fact all my old consoles are still in my entertainment center yeah. at home. Still working. <laughs> and right. I would be loving it if I could just leave them there forever and just let them sit and just have it on my Xbox One. Right. That'd be nice. So the final piece that I was so intrigued by, which is, again, another uh, theme from uh, E3, was uh, the HoloLens. Uh, I don't know oh, yeah. if if you guys have seen this, but virtual reality is taking over the world, people, and uh, it's it's time that we start paying attention. And the cool demo they did, this reminded me a little bit of like Minority Report esque, you know, uh, like inspiration. Was the guy's wearing uh, you know a, a cool VR helmet, and he's pulling up a whole Minecraft world, and he's he's kind of tweaking the level and he's playing with it, but it, it kind of looks like if, excuse me, if this can be done the way that Microsoft is claiming it can be done. Like I just the, keep the thinking of Lawnmower Man. Anytime I see yeah. that, I just think of Lawnmower they have, Man. They have there's a lot of critics, man, including Forbes and and some others that are just saying it's it's just not there yet. It's not ready. And so, but this is the thing we're we're, we're witnessing the birth of a new medium. I mean, there there hasn't really been VR like this well, or augmented no, I, reality. No, I get before. it. You, you have, you have Oculus right. Rift. They're going to get it right. They'll get it right next year, and then the year after that. Skynet will launch and <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be dead. So no one will know. Then Forbes we're all screwed know. because that's judgment day. <laughs> uh, unless Matt Smith can save us because he's in the new, trans- <laughs> he's in the new uh, Terminator. We don't know what his role is in the new Terminator. I don't care. He's in there. He can save us. That's all that matters. <laughs> they can turn machines around. Look at Schwarzenegger. I rest my case. Thank you. Um, what? So, but no, listen, I agree. It, nothing, nothing VR related is like, <gasps> why don't I own this already? But it's so cool to see that we're witnessing the birth of this. I disagree, Josh. I don't think this is something that we're going to get right next year or the year after that. I see this like cell phones. I think this is taking years yeah, to evolve. I, I to didn't the, mean the next year. Market. I meant, I just meant one year before Skynet launches. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That's just your benchmark right there. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So we well, get, so what you're telling me is we get a whole year before we all go to hell. We have exactly one year. That's cool. All right. I'm cool with that. That's fine. I've waited a long time for VR. Um, I just I don't think it's one of those trends. It's not like, you know, 3D TV kind of trendy kind of stuff. Yeah, it's cool to have it, but people won't use it. I think people will use it um, because it's going to be like cross platforms. And especially she was demonstrating on a Surface Pro and it's cool to see her playing the game on the Surface Pro while he's kind of like queuing her into like there's this underground cavern area and he can lightning bolt it for her. It was was pretty cool. These games, these are games on that. See, like if I could use it. With a created player in Madden, and I can quarterback it oh, from God. there. That would be cool. I would do that. I, I'm just, sure that's the future. I keep thinking there. There was this episode of Community where they get this like old lawnmower man type VR kit, and the principal puts it on, and he's like setting the date, and it takes him a half hour to set the date. He needs to like grab this book, 
from this temple, bring it into the, the main area, and then, like, shoot a lightning bolt at it, and then the date is set. And then after every, like, minute task, he just screams, <laughs> and Jesus wept! And that's what I'm thinking of every time I see it. Before, hey, before we move on to Sony, where I'm sure... Brian will scream about Call of Duty being no, no, no. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> I want to say that I want to say that Microsoft has an exclusive on the entire Tom Clancy franchise mm-hmm. when it launches all their new stuff, which is very cool. So, now, are, are we talking get it first, or you're not getting it on PS4 at all? It's going to be at the very least get it first and get it early. Okay. All right. And in the age of early access, that's all that matters. So, that's all that matters. So right, for the yeah, fact absolutely. that the only game in the Tom Clancy series anybody plays anymore is Splinter Cell. Cool. Got it. The that's big, not ra- that's the not Rainbows. True. The Rainbow series is Rainbow, huge. Rainbow Six. It still plays. It still plays. People like it. Does it does play. It, the, when, oh I mean, God, the, the last Rainbow Six base, game man. was when I was in like college. It's like seven years ago. You're in college. <laughs> you're, I'm just saying. <laughs> your mom goes to college. So look. Burn. I'm I'm transitioning to Sony, and before Jeff gets into it, the only thing I took away from Sony, uh, maybe in my opinion, the biggest thing of the whole conference, PlayStation View offering a la carte channel subscriptions. Yes, it being the first one to do it, letting letting users actually unplug from cable altogether. Because I mean, we could all get our local news streaming. That doesn't matter. Like if you're into that kind of thing, but you're cable television networks you can subscribe to a la carte on playstation view i get my news from reddit so i'm good <laughs> that's, if it's important that's enough it'll show up if on it's important center, so if it's about. important it, it shows does up on show up on sports center if it's important i agree enough. with you i just thought that was such a poignant uh, way to wor- the view the world but that, listen some of the I partners the that were that were shown on that like fx and some of these major corporations i was really floored that showtime like, is on yeah that they're they're willing to do that, and yeah, Josh, that was my my biggest biggest takeaway was cut, cord cutters rejoice. Right, um, mm-hmm. this this is good news for for you. It's like uh, uh, I may that. I may need to I may need to maybe buy a uh, PlayStation Four. Yeah, as I kept watching these press conferences, that's what I'm I'm looking. I'm going. That's going to cost me money. That's going to I'm cost out. Me yeah, money. I'm out of HDMI ports. It means I have to buy a receiver. <laughs> you know what's interesting too? Xbox. We were just talking about going the direction of gaming. It seems like Sony is doing the media side, and you know, obviously they announce games and stuff. But it's like they're taking a different route. Yeah, which and, and, I think is cool. And their games were like, and we'll see it in 2017. We'll see it next year. We'll see it this time. These like, are were- all games that you can't ever finish. Look, this one has the flying dog thing from the Never. Story. Oh, Nobody so, cares. So, <laughs> don't hate on the Last Guardians. <laughs> don't hate on Last Guardian. We've we've been working Nobody on this cares. game for a decade. Are you kidding me? That game was like unveiled in 2006. No, still not out. The unveiled. whole crowd erupted, and I'm like, why do they have the flying dog thing? Before, from the never-ending before story? the Sony hate, though, there, there's some acclaim. I mean, let's. I mean, Final Fantasy VII. Yes, please. Can we talk about remade. this? This and, is and, such and, a subsect. Like this is such a small fraction of people. N- no, no, Brian. No, Brian. You're in the minority. I no, I don't care. I'm not in the minority on this. And CJ's going to try to reel me in, and he's trying no, let's to right just, now. Let's just pull this all in real quick. Just, <laughs> no, just I'm on your side with this one, Brian. And I'm, you know, listen. This, this, no, you're in the majority on this podcast, but in real life, you're in the fucking strict minority. <laughs> when it makes billions of dollars, then we'll we'll try and say I'm in the minority. So this, did Twilight. That's the argument you want to make. Let's be quiet for a second. I'm not shimmering. Making, don't you vi- dare. Vampires. Don't you dare compare Final Fantasy 7 to Twilight. I just no. want to set I just want to set up 
Sony for our for our listeners and not get in a nerd argument very quickly. So, Jeff, our gaming yeah. expert, I'd like for you to take the helm on this one. For sure. Can you start, please? Uh, we talked about Sony going towards the entertainment section. But you're right. right. They did start talking about games. So let's talk about what was the biggest exclusive or what was the biggest thing that you took away from the Sony press conference game? Well, you know, outside of the 14 year old gaming base, which only cared about Call of Duty, um, I really and I think Brian's on board with both of these things. I think Square Enix is, you know, Sony's like best best bet at the, you know, like the next year in terms of gaming, just because of not only Final Fantasy VII being remade and storylines getting, you know, altered a little bit, but not like deviating completely from the original story, but also with Kingdom Hearts 3. And I think um, the fan bases for both of those games are immense. And I think both you guys are wrong when you say that it's not going to be successful. Um, Final Fantasy VII, hands down, like pioneered the rest of those games. You know, they made the first Final Fantasy based on the fact that they were going out of business. And look what look what happened. Everyone jumped on board and then seven came and you have these characters coming back that everyone knows and loves. Did seven come right after the first one? No, 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 no. no. There was a few in between. There was uh, there was six in between to be exact. But knowing how uh, JRPGs work, that could totally happen, Josh. So you're absolutely right. There were six in between one and seven. Yes, yes. Yes. And in fact, there should only be five in between one. I'm sorry, five. How many were there really? (laughs) It's five. Well, I mean, I honestly, personally, when I first time I played Final Fantasy seven, it like completely changed my whole perspective of that kind of game. I never went back and played the other ones before that. But then I got Final Fantasy seven at cash converters. Um, <laughs> wow. Which was the best thing ever. Like on Penstreet and, and Reading. Yeah, I was like, I'll give it a shot. And like it, it literally it changed my whole perspective on that kind of gameplay, you know, turn based RPG and I, I'm really hoping they they knocked this out of the park because it has huge potential. And, and this this going back to this, this this game has been begged for for years by fans. And Square kept on saying, "Oh, we'll do it. Oh, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do a port." And then they would release some like side game, like Dissidia for the PSP or something like that. And it, it was just okay uh, to hold us over for a while. And the fact that they're actually doing it is huge because. Any fan of the genre of JRPGs or the the series Final Fantasy, that this is their go to game. This is the, I get, the I get, game. I get all that. I get what you're saying. I, I just it's so like, big. They long, made an actual people, movie of it. How long have you been waiting for Final Fantasy? Whatever. Yes. How long? Longer than the last Guardian release date. How many years? Uh, Final Fantasy VII okay. came out in '97, so, so '98. What you have to do is you have to take all of the world of gamers, right? And then you have to factor out those that have since gotten married and all that stuff. And then you have to factor out those who have moved on to other stuff. And then you have to factor out those who don't still live in their mother's basement. (laughs) And then I I think the Japanese audience for these games is huge. And not just them, but the American audience as well. Gumdrops. Gumdrops. You just went Japanese audience. I'm using my (laughs) safe word. That's my safe I'm word. Saying, I'm when just I, saying. Look, when okay. I've been tortured too much, I have let to me, think I'm let, let me <laughs> let me summarize this because I am not a JRPG fan, and I hate turn by I hate turn based combat. Uh, I do. I hate it so much. But listen, I have to I have to go with Jeff and Brian on the sense of the importance of this game. This is something that people have been asking for for years, and getting this and putting on a, a console like the PS4, remastering it, remaking it, it's great. It's I mean, Josh, how many times have we talked about nostalgia gaming? We wanted to make our iPhone 
a Game Boy at one point. Yeah. So so this is just another way for those kinds of nerds to go ahead and get their their nostalgia gaming. So I think it's great. I want to move on to a game though that blew my mind and probably is the reason I'm going to beg, plead, borrow, cheat, and steal, maybe even murder to get a PS4. That's called No Man's Sky. Oh. So yeah, right. So Jeff has, will explain this to you, but the the scope, the scale of this game is so crazy it makes my head hurt. 18 to 22, depending on what website you read. (laughs) Quintillion different areas to explore and a vast, huge galaxy. Basically, the whole thing with No Man's Sky, uh, the developers wanted to create an entire galaxy um, or universe, really, for the player to explore and um, make it not not completely multiplayer, but sort of like, uh, I don't know, the same kind of multiplayer aspects that some of the Spore stuff had where like you can visit, but it's not like you impact other players as much as that's what I got. When, but, um, when we sorry, were they, sorry, when they were talking about the scale of this, I, I keep plugging this book. I, he should give me money. Ernest Klein's Ready Player One had that kind of scope where there's different worlds for different things happening and it was just bigger, 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 bigger every year. And and I'm going with, with just philosophy here. This is something that while you may interact with other people, they're not directly impacting your gameplay and your campaign. But the possibility to do anything, you know, go anywhere on this. I think they actually like try to do the math as to how long it would take you to go to every spot. And I think the computer was like, I'm bored. I'm not finished. I'm not finishing this math. It's not happening. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, it's not going to happen. Well, the scale of this is amazing. There's it like said space I'll be, combat. I'm calculating, combat. but it's going to be 4.2 million years. Yeah, and you'll you, never you'll never do it. When the three mice come back, it says the answer is 42. Right. Yes. <laughs> you have you have to interstellar this in order to get and to where you want to no, go. And, and apparently you've asked the wrong question. <laughs> That's very correct. The whole time. Don't forget to bring your towel, though, please. <laughs> Thank you for, for recognizing the reference. I've got, I've got your reference. Good. But listen, this is a game that is so damn ambitious. And when you look at video – so there's a, an argument or, or a dialogue happening now amongst the world that video gaming is becoming less about gaming and living in your mom's basement and playing old games. It's becoming more about art and creativity and just the scale of this game uh, not only lends to just that someone had to do the science for this and the math for it, but making such beautiful worlds, it's it's turning into art for this. It's amazing. Just when you emerge from your mother's basement, they pull you back in. <laughs> they pull you right My immersive here. world. Listen, I, I, I get it, and I, I, I think there's an audience for it. Have I you just, seen the gameplay? Did you see the gameplay? It's yeah, it freaking made amazing. me want to jump off a bridge. I, look, oh, I, I my can't. God. I can't do it. I have, you know what I have? I have an hour. Do you like flight simulators? No. You like Why driving like simulators? We can't do flights. No, because I can't fly. I can drive. Well, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa! Please do not dispel the rumors. You have to edit your Wikipedia name, your page. So, so <laughs> I have, I have an hour, and in that hour, I can accomplish, you know, so play, much in this game. Play, not in that game. No. Because, yes, you can. No, because there's there's uh, octuple quintillion places to go. I go do, to a planet and nope. try to do as much as you can on that planet. Nope. Josh, have you have you seen Star Trek? No, I've never seen an episode. <laughs> I like those those that's kind not, of people that's not who a, just want to like explore and stuff. I've like, seen the movies. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's stick to the movie. 
Like that exploration, that whole mindset of being able to do anything like and, you know, I I, we talked about this earlier a little bit um, via text, but like sandboxing it, like having the player able to do whatever the heck they want to do at any given time is a huge thing. It's a huge theme that's going to happen in next year's games and I think in the future of gaming. And this game revolutionizes. I I think you're right. I also think that when you're not in the sandbox, cats use it as a toilet. <laughs> okay. so, so there's wanna, that so I mean, there's that problem yeah. <laughs> this is why we have you josh to control us when we need it uh so i want to i want to bring one more point into sony and i know that jeff yes i agree that oh, that only 14 year old boys were like oh yeah i just want to hear about call of duty but at the end of the day it's one of the highest grossing game franchises ever call of duty is what's gonna sell you know the ea sports games are what's gonna sell those so what is the level of exclusivity that Sony got for Call of Duty? What did they get exactly? Complete. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the, complete control over the, the next Black Ops name game. Of is Black Ops 3? Is Black it just 3. Black Ops? Well, because when, when they do this, like, because they release a game every freaking year, there's two different studios working on it. I think 2K does the Black Ops stuff, and then Activision yeah. does, like, Modern Warfare and Advanced Warfare. I, I, think, I think Sony's identified their audience, though, and I think that, the Call of Duty franchise has a specific audience, and and I'm I'm going back to our our uh, our dear late friend Juan was a uh, a huge fan of Battlefield and not Call of Duty, and he was adamantly against Call of Duty in favor of Battlefield. So I think that they've identified their audience and they're going after it, and they realize they have more Sony folks than and Microsoft folks, and they can get away with it. And there's enough first person shooters out there to make everybody happy uh, that I don't I don't think Microsoft suffers at all because of Halo, because of the Clancy franchise and Battlefield and other games. But it's a big deal for Sony to get the exclusive mm-hmm. mark. And I, I want to make sure that. That's so it, and I want to clarify, uh, Brian, you were right. It is just the Call of Duty Black Ops uh, franchise that they got the exclusivity for. They uh, they asked Microsoft. They asked a representative um, about Sony getting you know this this kind of announcement, and they said that they were expecting it. Uh, and they obviously have a great relationship with Activision, who makes the other Call of Duty like Modern Warfare, the the big the big name stuff. Uh, and it there's is, more said, than one Call of Duty game. Oh oh yes sir yes there are, and um and and basically what they're saying is that if you think about it, if you're a shooter fan, you want to play Halo and you want to play Call of Duty, and there's only one box you could do it on. Uh, but I think they're missing the boat that this is not something that you should be like, oh, yeah, no, we'll be fine. You'd be like, no, this is a pretty big loss. Yeah. Uh, so good job for Sony and, and helping build up what's going on with them. And maybe it'll get some people on to, to PSN. Yeah, so, for sure. And I think PSN, I mean, honestly, yeah, like Brian, you, you've multiplayered it, I'm sure, on the PlayStation Network. And throughout PS3, you know, there was a lot of issues with it. I hope this really kind of gets them back on the rails with multiplayer gaming. Yeah, well, I mean, um, since PS4, their whole online network has been so much better and smoother before yeah. PS3. I think they worked out a lot of kinks and a lot of problems uh, when they launched they the stopped, PS4. Did they, did they disallow dial-up at this point? <laughs> There's no built-in cable modem. Yeah, no. I'm just saying, because that was the problem mode. with PS3, is that you could you could use a dial-up connection. Yeah, the no, other problem was the... I think the other problem was with, with PS3 when it first launched, it was no subscription. So for the you know, entirety, you got, it was no it, subscription. There was you a got huge every, security issue. Yeah, with you it. got everybody it free, on. It there. was free subscription, not not no subscription. It yeah. was everybody's in. 
Which which uh, means there was no pay filter to stop the t- ten year old kids who didn't know shit to just. You can just you can just say out. peasants. You can say peasants. Yes, <laughs> plebs. So <laughs> listen, <plebs. Bolivians. laughs> That's my wow speak coming out. Good for you. <laughs> so I have a question I want to propose to the three of you. Uh, about this has this has the announcements of one of these companies made you say crap i have to go buy a console i don't own no so J- jeff no. let me let me no no one no one just says maybe I, for the tv aspect i mean that, that's kind of cool right playstation like that. view that's the only aspect of it that i think i i would i would invest and, in uh, but well, my, i think microsoft did more like microsoft with the backwards compatibility and the platform crossover between Windows and Xbox, I think they've done more. I don't want to do the cliche who won E3 thing because it's stupid because it, it really depends on what well, you own and what ecosystem you're Nintendo for. wins because they're Nintendo. No, Nintendo does not win. <laughs> uh, no, I mean of the major of the major companies, uh, you know, the console makers. Microsoft and Sony, I get it. Right, between those two. Um, I'd say Microsoft took it if you're asking. No, My, well, Microsoft no, not, did take it. He just said he didn't want to do that, Jeff. Well, you just oh, did. I thought you said so you did. You did, did and Jeff and I agree. We win. Okay, fine. Uh, so let's talk about Nintendo because there we talked about Nintendo having some some money problems and just in general having games. And speaking there of were a couple which, things in there. That I, speaking of their money problems, I just read somewhere. Sorry, CJ. I, I think just you read, read the same thing I'm about. This to This is Go very ahead. fantastic, Brian. Say it and steal his thunder. So Nintendo can lose, can run a deficit of $250 million a year and still be okay till 2052. You said it. You said it at the bar the other night, but you said a quarter million, and I said no, 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 two hundred fifty million. Yeah, and and the the number is staggering to think they're, they're they don't need to there, do anything. They're sitting there losing their money, going, "This is still all Super Mario Three, guys. We're still good." <laughs> <laughs> this is that fridge full of Jurassic Park that that guy just sold. They're like, "Hey, hey <laughs> grab me a cigar. Can you do me a favor and light a thousand dollar a thousand dollar bond?" And light my cigar with that. That's fine. Let's do that. By the way, my cigar is wrapped in a thousand dollar bond as well. Uh, yeah, just just yeah. for extra flavor. It's tobacco grown out of hundred dollar bills. <laughs> so, so listen, there was really there were only two things that I took away from the Nintendo conference. Uh, one of uh, and another one, I took three things away. Number one, they have Muppets. Nobody. Cares. I don't understand why there were Muppets with Nintendo, but there were Muppets. Whatever. But I took away that Star Fox Zero looks pretty awesome. Uh, what was funny is that they're just like, hey, we we made Star Fox 2, and then um, we never, you know, did it. So it. <laughs> here's an updated here's version. Come on, you want it. You want it. Uh, I liked it. I liked the idea that – so the Wii U, because this is all the on the Wii U, has the uh, gaming pad. I, I don't know what they call it anymore. The game pad. So is it the, the game pad? Score yeah. for knowing the term. Uh, and you can actually see like the the cockpit view of the plane – on that, and then you kind of see the world view happening on the TV, which I thought was pretty cool. And then if you land on ground now, your little plane grows legs and walks around yeah. like it's uh, something coming out of the slime. And I think they're finally using all the different elements of the, you know, like the Wii, like motion stuff, all that stuff. I think finally. they're starting to understand what their console is. Yeah, I think they're, I, mean, I think that was a big problem. I completely. I agree. think they're a few years behind, but they figured it out. Uh, and then that was really cool, and it was nice to see Star Fox. I thought it's a great franchise, and I enjoyed it a lot. But my favorite thing was Mario Creator. Yeah. Yes. Like, so Mario Creator is everything you want it to be. You can make your own Mario levels and share them with the world. You know what I thought and about? What did you think ex- about? I thought about Excite, Excite Bike. 
<laughs> Do you ever play Excite Bike? Yes. Excite Bike rocks. Yes. <laughs> no, Excite I, I don't know what you're talking about. Excite Bike was uh, one of the early Nintendo games. It was an, an incredibly fun, you know, motorcycle game, but you could create all your own levels. And this is. I was not, thinking Tony Hawk Pro Skater. It, well, okay, but that was. Similar. Way, so you're right. And that was way more complicated, like Mario Creator is going to be, and my brain can't handle it. So I just go, no. Excite Bike is linear, and you just put obstacles in your way. Could you could you be more of the old guy on this? God, I'm not playing that game. I'm no, not doing, I'm no, not. Too I, I can't. Too do complicated. It. I, I'm not. Hey, he's my, ready to move into Mario Creator. Yeah, my brain <laughs> my brain doesn't work that way. I'm I'm not creative at all. I can only think I can finally make a Mario level that would tri- that will trip my wife up. But then I realized she'll still beat me in Mario. As as excited as I'm I am, I'm revoking another this? man card. Damn it! <laughs> One more man card. You have like three left. Um, <laughs> that calligraphy is beautiful, by the way. Did you do it yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no, as excited sorry, as I am ahead. for this game, um, I, I, and I, th- I think it's really cool. I, I really can't help but say it's Little Big Planet with Mario in it. Yeah, well, no, no. What's what's the most Little Big Planet thing I saw was Yoshi Yarn. I don't know what it was actually called. Yeah, but Yoshi that, Yarn story. But that's the like, entire that's concept of Little Big Planet. Hey, here's this little cool character. Let's. Make a side scroller, and now you can build your own levels and share them with people. And so, I mean, I'm excited. I think it's cool, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I, Little Big Planet has done it three times over now. <laughs> you has, you just, beat, just beat my level. Games. You can't beat my level. No, you can't I think it. Nintendo is seeing these, these indie gamers do these amazing things with side scrolling and making their own thing out of it. I, I, I think that's really cool. Could I just create warps that go nowhere? <laughs> Seriously, it's I, so meta. It's gonna be it's gonna be a level of pipes that just take you through other pipes that go nowhere. <laughs> Can you make Flappy Bird? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I really think you really could, couldn't you? <laughs> it would be That's a different. It would be like a Koopa. So I, it's true. So I, I want to. Uh, was there anything out of Nintendo that really got anybody excited besides those two things? Nah, yeah, Super Smash um, DLC. Yeah, was pretty cool. The, the really yeah. cool thing is that Nintendo went on stage and said, "Hey, here's this cool DLC, and you can download it today," which I did. That was cool. It was like good guy Greg, right? Yeah, Just for the people. Be like, hey, you don't have to wait a year. You can go the, download do Roy you know Ryu right now. Do you know why? It's like, hey, all nine of you who own a Wii U, here you go. Well, you no, right it, you know what? If you if you spent I, I spent the, the 50 minutes, 51 minutes in, as background noise while I was working and, and had the Nintendo presentation on the whole time. They did a lot to pay homage to the stuff that made them popular. And I think that's cool that there's still the game, the gaming system, the gaming console that is really sticking to the roots. And that's a big deal for gamers. And I say that because. I recently was at a, I was at a Toys R Us when they did this recent Amiibo launch, right? Right. And man, every Toys R Us I was at that day had a line wrapped around the building for people that are just buying these Amiibos as collectors. And they're whether they're using them or not, we don't know. But that's it. Still says that Nintendo's the system where people go for nostalgia. They go for to remember something. Right. And it's true, but it hasn't. But that nostalgia has not motivated me enough to buy a Wii U. And Nintendo doesn't care because they can lose two hundred fifty million dollars <laughs> a year of Mario <laughs> money and not worry about, about this guy on the next Brian, Brian, podcast. When, how long can they operate losing a quarter billion a year till 2052? So another yeah. like 40 years. 
So well, who way, Skynet way after Skynet launches, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they will be part of Skynet. They'll it's take gonna, the Mario all license. All that's going to be left is uh, cockroaches, Twinkies, and Nintendo. That's <laughs> Metroid, <laughs> Zelda, and Mario. That's all that's going to be on the surface. An so, excite bike. <laughs> so I want to move on to uh, what I also thought too, Jeff, was the clear winner of E3. The people who amaze, amaze me the most. The people who got me so damn excited, and I've been a big fan of them for a couple of years now, and that's the game studio Bethesda. If you're not familiar with Bethesda, uh, they made uh, <laughs> they made Fallout, they made Elder Scrolls, they made that means you know Skyrim and Oblivion series. And if you don't know what any of these words mean, I'm very sorry, and you must have a life. Don't apologize for me. I do. but uh so i want to talk about something that i loved right off the bat and i so my guilty pleasure in video gaming is wwe games and the reason it is is i will spend hours doing the creator wrestler i love creating characters so much so then i saw yeah you can shake your head at me i'm ridiculous i get it the best part is when i saw the fallout 4's character creation my jaw hit the floor at the level of detail that you will be able to do. And like we were talking about earlier, they are also including a f- playable female character that you can go ahead and customize. So it's again, it's an, another way that we're seeing game studios and nerd culture embracing. So you'll spend six hours creating a character that you will never see. And, and my, I, my guilty okay pleasure, that. CJ, my guilty pleasure is uh, Summer Breeze. <laughs> 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 would you like a wine cooler with that too i'm good i'm just i wanted to make sure that you knew that well you're talking about bethesda as the company that is rpg now you know yeah. like this is the rpg company skyrim not only launched huge things with you know it, it came at a time before a little bit before twitch but like youtube all these other things people people play and mod skyrim more than anything um almost and it, it's just one of those things that to be able to just highlight a part of a face and make the cheekbones massive or make your nose massive, make something funny, make something serious. Like that's what people want in an RPG and they just gave it to you. Um, so I, I think that's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. My, my other favorite thing is that Bethesda, you can tell, is not only a, a group that's diverse and a group that has a lot of different tastes, but a group that is total nerds who are yep. more passionate about things than we are because they made a real-life Pip-Boy. And for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know what a Pip-Boy is, if you've ever seen Futurama, the thing that's on Leela's wrist, yeah. imagine that, but take it up a scale. It's all over Imager. And what's week. so cool about this is you can put your phone inside of it and There's even play apps to control this. So this is and this and they made it just because they're like because why not? That wouldn't that be awesome if you could have this thing on you and it actually did something. No. It's not just a collectible Master Chief helmet for the sake of having a helmet. This <laughs> is awesome. No. No, that's so cool. No. I would wear that if listen, if we went to a con and I had that on my wrist, it would be awesome. It's basically oh, you would be drowning in bitches, CJ. They'd be all over you. <laughs> it's basically a quarter sleeve. It's a monstrosity. It's so fun. It's just I, fun, good old games. Like that's you know what? nerd culture. It is. There's finest. people who will buy collector's editions all the time for whatever comes with it. I, I just think this is one of those things that, like, this is kind of a cool thing if people want to have that real life experience they're experiencing in the game, almost. But I don't know. It's I just thought that was cool. awesome. I just thought that it was so nerdy. <laughs> it was just nerdy for the sake of being nerdy. Like, why else make this? Why? Because we can. Just go. Go enjoy it. But uh, something that I thought was really cool, too, was uh, Doom. Uh, yes. Doom. Doom's come back in a great way. 
uh, after a, a weird time with Doom 3 because anyone who tried to play Doom 3 on a computer uh, had to go buy a new computer. That was like the benchmark for a long, long time. I uh, First time I went to Best Buy, um, I got the you know, new computer just to run Doom 3. So it's cool to see the franchise resurrect. And, and we've talked about Doom having such an impact on us as as we think about, you know, shooters and, and that video game hall of fame but what i loved about this again this is my i love creating things on in, in video games was they have a, a, a they have a sandbox creating level mode so you can go ahead and you can create a level entirely on your own from scratch uh and play it in the world and you can dress it in the whole nine yards so that's another really cool thing we're seeing people saying to the gamers let's give you some power we know you guys are creative. We know that there's indie game developers. Let's inspire someone to create something. And who knows? Maybe we're inspiring the next generation to create games. And then after you leave the sandbox, all the neighborhood cats come in and use it as a <laughs> toilet. <laughs> they just come to your server and break everything. I won't let my children near a sandbox. I mean, they can't go near a sandbox. Cats use it as a toilet. <laughs> Indiscriminately using it as a toilet. Just when I thought we were going highbrow again, and we were really hitting a point, we're like, "Let's inspire <laughs> the next you generation." You say the word "sandbox." Out did I loud say to sandbox? Me. Yeah, yeah. I did. Did I say sandbox? Yeah, you, yes. you sure did. If you say sandbox, I will say cat toilet. Say sandbox. 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 Cat toilet. <laughs> oh my god, that works. Sandbikini. Ah, 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 you're out. You're out. Get out of here. No more. <laughs> Coffee. Beer. <laughs> So then the, you guys aren't uh, Simpsons fans. You won't get that. But that no, was sorry. funny as shit. Is, is, did <laughs> Seth MacFarlane do that? I only know Seth oh. MacFarlane. Oh, is there? A way I'm kidding. You off I'm this podcast right now. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're being canceled. Can I can I touch on Actually, one more thing with Bethesda? Please but, hold on. I want, I want I want Jeff to go ahead and do his thing. Go ahead, please. All right. So you know I won't say the S word. You know, but um with with these new games, they're taking a page out of Blizzard's playbook, Blizzard Entertainment. And they're they're making a new entire gaming platform strictly for their games, which is something that Bethesda needed based on all their past history with issues and bugs and all those hot fixes and crap. But um, they're making Bethesda.net, which is going to be their own standalone platform where the community can tie into their their whole library of games. Modders and everyone alike has that place to go now, which is freaking awesome. So what I want to do is I, I kind of want to get some impressions from you guys, and I want to summarize this for our listeners because I want to know what it means for them. Because we just spent a good like half hour nerding out about very nerdy things, but what does this all mean to the everyday consumer? So I want to know your thoughts on the fact that now the console wars are – while they're heating up, they're they're going in different avenues now. Just like we said, Sony's now playing a little more towards the entertainment I value. I don't think they're heating up. I think they're I think they've settled into a niche. Like I don't I don't think well, No, because I what you just said earlier is that Sony is now trying to do more entertainment and Microsoft is trying to do more games. They're trying to capture the market that they missed when they unveiled the console. Yeah, they're so but they're but at this point they're both compensating. Right, right. So right. the question is, has anyone com- – like what does this mean for the consumers? Does this compensation mean that if you bought a console, <laughs> you should buy the other one? It, it basically means spend another $350. <laughs> right. And have that's, both. I mean because – That's I mean, what frank- I'm saying. But frankly, I, I don't know, man. Coming up and you know, when me and all the boys lived together, we had all the consoles. 
in multiple rooms. So it was, I've, I, I don't think I've ever lived in a house where it was just one console. And I have a PS3 in my bedroom and an Xbox One in my living room with the Wii U. So if I add a PS4, is it going to be a big deal? No, it's just going to mean that I have to buy a high-end receiver to control my HDMI. Right, that's Then that's good for me. Not so much for Laura, but good for me. So the, the question for you, Josh, though, is because I live in a house where I don't. I just have the Xbox One, and then I have my old school consoles. Do you think I'm missing something by not having PS4? Do you my, think I'm so, missing a gaming experience? Low Brother tells me that I'm missing out not having a PS4. And I, I don't know that I believe Low Brother, but I may buy a PS4 because Laura and I keep talking about unplugging. And like I said, from... When we started talking about Sony, I believe PlayStation View stole the show with a la carte channel subscription. And, right. and I say it because it's something that n- not even Apple has done. So right. it's a big deal. I mean, honestly, CJ, it, if you're talking about missing out, it, it all depends on and it's all person specific. What kind of experience are you looking for? I don't like my Xbox One because that's not the experience I'm looking for. It doesn't have the games the games I'm looking for, really. I'm, I'm looking for a gaming system. I'm not looking for a media center. That's You're why I got the PlayStation. If, I, know. I, I know. But, but hold on. But if listen. I could, Brian, out of this press conference, Microsoft came out saying, here's games you're going to get really soon. And Sony came out saying, here's games that are coming later. You, these are not that's, games you're going to okay. get. You can have the never-ending story dog in two years. Listen, I'm okay with that because I've waited 10 years for the never-ending story dog as it is. And I've waited 15 years for a Final Fantasy VII remake. Right, but, but there's Microsoft saying, you want Halo, here's Halo. Like, my point you is, want this game, here's my this point game. is, as much as I enjoy the Halo series, it is not my go-to game. My go-to gotcha. game is Final Fantasy. My go-to game is Last Guardian. And um, we, we didn't even mention this. Street Fighter V is going to be exclusive to Sony. And that is that is my gaming niche. That is that, my gaming experience. That might experience. be worth buying the console for me. So is, that, that's why is I the bought, fighting game. And I knew this coming out. And that's why I bought a PlayStation. And that's why, you know what? My roommate you has an Xbox. You didn't know one. this coming oh, out. You I didn't knew. know this I two knew. years ago. I totally knew. You shut your hole. Listen, no don't spit on my cupcake and tell me it's frosting. No, you did not know you, the console. I did not be. know about this, but I knew you about were like, like, oh, they're gonna do Final Fantasy, so I better buy a PlayStation. No, I know, but I did know like Uncharted Four is exclusive to Sony, which is another gaming series that I'm a huge fan of. And Super Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts, and I knew those things were coming out, and that's why I bought the PlayStation. My roommate has an Xbox One, so I'll, I'll play the one or two games, Halo and Cuphead, on that, and that's it. I hope the cats so, attack you when you play Final Fantasy. They do. They attack me in general. I have scars all over my arms. In sandbox. Although, man. although the ratio of cat to human is very low. Yes, it is. <laughs> but it when is I exit low. the sandbox, that's when they attack. <laughs> cat toilet. <laughs> all right. So I want to. I want to give final word about E3 to our gaming expert and and guest today, Jeff. Jeff, what's the bottom line that, that consumers and nerds need to know about this? And, and what advice can you give to somebody who maybe doesn't own a current-gen console right now? Where do they go? Well, I mean, you know, obviously listening to us, we have our own biases and all this other stuff. Avoid the bias. Like the games you like for the reason you play them. You know, like there's reasons why, you know, Brian loves Final Fantasy. I love Final Fantasy, but I'm more of an Xbox guy. Like make make the decision based on what you want to play and have that experience. That's what gaming's always been. 
and it's what it will continue to be based on all these new titles and new new things coming out. So, um, I mean, me personally, I'll probably buy a PS4, um, if anything, just for the same reason Josh bought a PS4. Plus, like, you know, why not? You know, I already have the Xbox. Maybe mix it up a little bit. So, so I, 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 I'm sorry. So, I'm so, I mean, this holiday season, if, if you don't have one of these current gen consoles... Your advice is to, to go with the games that you want to play, go with the console that's supporting what, what's coming See down the pipe. See the trailers, witness the gameplay, and if you've never played a game before in your life or if you have kids or something, like, make sure you make the right choice based on what you've seen and, you know, like, see what... Um See what all the different systems have to offer. I personally will be getting all the Microsoft games. I know that much. <laughs> hey, Brian, Brian, Jeff, Jeff is a, like a huge super gamer guy, and he says Xbox is better. So I say Xbox is better. This is the Bloods so, and Crips of, of the gaming world. I'm, I'm just hearing that you you just agree with Jeff uh, on on gaming, and, and and Jeff is not the only gamer in this podcast. And that's true. That's very true. Why are you doing the blood side with your hands, Josh? <laughs> because you said bloods and crypts, and I know how to throw it up, homie. I mean, but, I, you know, look, honestly, there it is, right there. I think Bethesda won the entire show. I agree with you. I think yeah, Bethesda definitely. really stood out as, as first show you know, won it. Yep, first come, first serve. Also, cats won it. So and I have a, I have a ridiculous. So I have a ridiculous question this week that occurred to me on the on the drive to work as I'm I'm stuck in traffic. And uh, we, I think we had such a good time answering the question last week. And, and Jeff, I want you to be part of this one, too. By, by we had a good time, you mean you enjoyed pissing me and Josh off last week. No, nah, man, was it great. was great. <laughs> it was no, frustrating. It was a great time. Well, the best part about it was when I asked the music question, I heard Brian laughing because Josh was getting angry. And then when I asked Brian the movie question, I saw Josh laughing because Brian was getting angry. It's an equal opportunity ring. Let, let me say so this. I'm basically say a peer mediator. Laura, Laura told me that my comment, and this was out of left field. I mean, I was I was being genuine with my comment about uh, the Amy the Amy Pond reference, right? Amy Pond, Laura being my Amy Pond to both my doctor and my Rory. She, I swear to God, she said that was the sweetest thing I've ever said to her. <laughs> you didn't even say it to her. And I didn't even say it to her, right? I said it on the podcast. But and, That and kind thought, of nerd and making got, relationships like, She was all happen. misty about it, and I thought, well, I was just fucking answering the question honestly, so whatever. Uh, well, I promise you this week's question will not cause any sentimental uh, thoughts man. and feelings Good to come man. through. So here's here's the situation. You wake up. You're disoriented. You look and you are in a time machine. And there's a note. Is it a TARDIS? It's not a TARDIS. Okay. You're in. Is it a DeLorean? A, no, it's a. It's just a box. It's not a TARDIS. <laughs> it's not a TARDIS though. Okay. All right. Just get through the job. Anyway, and it's a note on there that says you will never come home. And there's only two buttons, forward and backward. You will not know what time you end up in, no matter what. What's going to happen is if you press forward or you press backward, fate is going to grab you and just throw you, and wherever you land, that is where you land. What direction do you go, forward or backward? I want to start with Jeff. Oh, that's tough. Um, this is harder than my PSSA writing prompts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would go forward. I would, I always go. I'm one of those guys who's like in the in the mindset of always moving forward, moving you know past the past, and trying to get over things that have impacted me and all this other crap, relationships, all that. So um, I would go forward and see where we were at and see if we were getting eaten by Skynet at that point. 
You will be. Yeah. I'm. Brian, do you go forward in time or do you go backwards in time? Um, this isn't as hard as last week. I actually, uh, I think I would go forward as well. Just because I'm afraid if I go backwards, I would accidentally get hit by my great-grandfather's car and screw up my mom and dad's relationship or something like that. Um, so I don't want to do you that. Can't live in Back to the Future. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, well, Calvin I mean, Klein. It doesn't happen. I just don't want to step on a butterfly and just screw up like CJ being born Brian or something. Brian stepped on a butterfly Great and strangled himself Brian. in the womb That's with the umbilical reference. cord. That's so um, I'd be too afraid. I, I, I mean, it would be cool because I would know what would happen. Um, but it would suck because I couldn't do anything. I'd literally have so, to. I, I wouldn't want to affect the time stream. Let I'm me let forward. me pose a question for this. You being in any of this, past or present, affecting something in the future can affect somebody else's timeline down the road in the future. If you do not squish a he bug doesn't in the future, care about that. Being I don't care I'm just about saying, that. Listen, you don't, I don't care, care about the people about, that you don't know. I get listen, it. Okay. I don't care about John Connor's great grandkids. I care about me and the people I know right now. Gotcha. Josh, what about you? Would you go backward or would you go forward? So this is actually a fantastic question. And uh, as you and everyone else on the podcast knows, I've done a ton of that sort of self-development, strengths finder, that kind of stuff. I'm an incredibly futuristic person. So I'm always living in what's possible in the future. Because of that, I would want to go to the past. I'd want to get thrown Anywhere, anytime, and I'd want to make as much change and affect as much good as I possibly could to show a brighter future for those that come after me. That was that was the suggestion that I led on to. I would go back in time, and I would want to be an observer when I need to be. And if there's something that I do need to step in and, and fix, just to just like Josh just eloquently said, better than I can, uh, and to make the world a better place or to fix something I know is wrong with our current world. I would want to take that chance regardless of what risk you may have upon my own personal future. There's something that just about fixing what's going on in the world and seeing if something in the past can, can be fixed by it. So. Yep. But dude, what if, what if everybody thinks you're Calvin Klein and then Calvin now, Klein never gets look, born? It, here's, here's the thing. You, there's, there's such a <laughs> thing as if, if you've studied history and you have a basic understanding as well as um, you have a contextual understanding of your involvement in it and how that affects things – I think that there is no right or wrong because, again, you're creating a parallel time stream based on your actions. And if you try to live your life positively and make positive change and, you know, assassinate the right person, I think you're good. <laughs> now you're opening up Remember. this whole other debate as to <laughs> – Back to the future logic or Terminator logic, which time travel logic well, is let's, right. Let's, let's, be, let's be clear. The first thing and, and where I think I have an advantage over everyone else on this podcast is I understand the sporting events over the last uh, you know century or so. so. Oh, I thought you've time traveled. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Just I uh, have an understanding of, of gambling. So I would obviously take advantage of that first and foremost. Now, hold on. If you get thrown back to the 1400s, that's not going to do you a whole lot of good. Bet on the I first Olympics. Greco-Roman wrestling. Bet on the first Olympics. I, <laughs> I can see Josh getting beheaded by Queen Elizabeth. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you're, right you're, in the, you're in the Vikings and you're just like, yeah, no, in the Super Bowl. That's, that's, I know the outcome. It's okay, guys. I and, got it. And worst case scenario, I'll – Figure out a way to create a smartphone, and and there we go. We're all everybody's better. Yeah, your Apple Watch does not have Wi-Fi in ancient Greece. I got to tell you, buddy, if I'm traveling back and I have my tech with me, everybody else is screwed because I'm a god. 
<laughs> Plug it into a potato to charge it. Yep. Yeah. I'll it figure works. it out. I'm the guy for that shit. So I know it wasn't as uh, weird, controversial, or making everybody angry that it was last week, but I, I hope that was a, at least a cool enough question to, to go ahead and ponder and kick around the old the old noggin. Just realize, too, if you have an answer to this, that no matter what you do, being forward in time or backward in time, you've affected the timeline in some way. So the question is, what do you do with that responsibility? What do you do with that uh, that chance? Rule the world. Uh, uh, right, exactly. But you're in the future. You don't know what's going to happen. You're kind of screwed. Eh, yep, we're I'll in the past. Out. Maybe we already rule the world in the yeah, future. Seriously. Oh, maybe, maybe Skynet. You've gone to the future in a, in a in a world that's ruled by me. In a world <laughs> where it's I'm ruled gonna by be, Josh. I'm going to be your your bad rebel Batman from Red Sun. Yes, yes. There you go. That's the communist Superman reference. Josh just walks around in the past with pictures of both of you going, put this on every etching that you can, and you kill them when you see them. You kill them. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I make you guys safe. You guys are safe. Uh, okay. You're not You're not anybody important, but you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Like, like you ended up on a podcast called That Kind of Nerd, and, you and you're, just, you're just here. Uh, well, listen, gentlemen, I thank you so much for, for taking your, your time out of the day to, to go ahead and chat with us, and I appreciate the fans to stick through and, and to – to listening to us. Um, if you have any questions about uh, E3, check out our website. We've posted some articles about what's, what's currently going on. Go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. Did you? I, I, have, I do have one thing. So CJ's request for people to chime in, people to contribute, has generated an interesting thing for me, which is fantasy football questions. I want more. If you're into it, I want you to email me, Josh, at that kind of nerd. You can hit me up on Twitter at jnubs572. But get at me because I'm so deep in fantasy football from I, from the current rookies to rookies coming out in 2016. I, I mean, I have I have two years of the next fantasy football mapped out. I want to get more involved. We've already had one listener. I want more. And while you're, you know, talking about fantasy sports, I'll be playing my flying dog game. <laughs> Indeed. Two years from now. <laughs> Two years from now. <laughs> Brian wants to go to the future, so he has the flying dog game. That's oh, why yes. he really wants to go there. Finally, all those PS4 titles are finally released on the PS12. <laughs> so I want to thank all our fans for, for taking the time and listening to us. And I want to thank you guys for, for giving the last hour of your life to us. Uh, Josh, also, I want to make sure, too, if you want to hit us up on that kind of nerd, we've allowed private DMs for anybody, whether you're following us or not. So this way you can kind of DM us and we can go ahead and get you in contact with Josh in case that's your preferred method. You want to reach out to him directly. He's intimidating. I get it. But he's a nice guy. <laughs> uh, so you can go ahead and do that. I also want to encourage you again to please go to the show notes and go take the survey for our uh, podcast it's 10 questions we value your input we definitely want to know what we can do to make your show better that's right this is your show uh so uh, again just want to thank you for making us part of your commute you walk around the neighborhood uh and thank you so much for listening thank you for listening to that kind of nerd podcast we appreciate your time and your patience as we meander into all of our various topics. We want to hear from you. We want your opinions, and we want you to call into our number, 484-373-4119. Visit us at thatkindofnerd.com. You can comment on the site as well, or hit us up on Twitter at thatkindofnerd. You can hit us up individually. All of the stats are on thatkindofnerd.com. We'll be back next week with another super entertaining podcast, and CJ will not moderate too much, I promise.
I'm just I'm just checking. It's actual murder, but CGI dinosaurs. Okay. I'm only on the show to attract the female audience. Whoa, whoa. I thought that's what, what I was for.